Okay, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perek Yud Gimel, Pasuk Yud Ches, Emor Lamelech Ulegvira. So after a particularly lacerating nevuah on the fate that is awaiting B'nai Yisrael, the Kaddish Baruch Hu instructs Yirmiyahu to now turn his focus on the kings of Israel. We're not sure which kings. It could be one of three. It could be Yehoiakim, followed by his son Yehoiachin, followed by Tzikiah, who was the final king of Judah, who goes into the final exile with Nebuchadnezzar. So, says the Navi, Emor Lamelech Ulegvira, tell the king and the Gvira is a very strange expression, could mean the queen, but more likely the Mephoshim say Gvira means the queen mother. So why would we incorporate the queen mother here? The answer would be that it has to be by process of elimination, Yehoyachin. Why? Because Yehoyachin came to the throne at a very early age and was sort of co-regent with his mother. So this is directed to Yehoyachin and his mother. And Marla Melechulagvira, Hashpilu, lower yourselves. Shvu, sit down. It could mean put yourself on the ground as if in mourning or certainly lower the elevation of your throne. Kiaradmi Roshosechem, because we have taken from your heads the throne or the uh, crown of your glory. Notice it's stated in plural, uh, and the Radak supplies the answer that we've taken from you, one, the um, crown itself, the kingship, Second, says the Radak, After Bavel captures them, they are not even treated with the dignity and the respect that royalty of the defeated nation are accepted. He was thrown into jail as a common prisoner. So Yemiyo is saying, Get down on the ground, you have lost your crown. Arei HaNegev Sagru, the southern cities, and this refers to Judea, it's a rare usage of calling Judea the southern cities, but it's only contradistinguished to the next Pasuk, which says Bavel is in the north, and so they're attacking to the south. So Arei HaNegev Sagru, the southern cities of Judea are closed already. Ve'en Poseach. Hagolos Yehuda. No one is opening the cities of Yehuda. Kula Hagila Shlomim. They have all been exiled in total. Shlomim could mean completely, or Shlomim could mean Shalom in the sense that Lo Yilochem Yoyachin Rashi says. He didn't even fire a shot, he didn't put up any resistance. Kila Shalom Yetzevi He went out in perfect peace, etc. No resistance. So that what would mean, you were exiled in peace. Remember, this didn't happen yet. The Navi is projecting this. 
Lift up your eyes. Again, speaking to Yehoyachin and his mother. Lift up your eyes. Uru'u habayim mitzafam. See what is coming at you from the north. Ayeho eder nesanloch. Where is the flock I gave you? I gave you a full, vibrant nation. Where are they? What have you done with them? This is all a failure, says Yerio, of leadership, your leadership. What are you going to say in justification for what this has happened, this disaster, when you taught them, you limata osam, the enemies alecha, alufim larosh, you taught them how to administer you. What is he saying? He's saying that the seeds of their conquest were planted by the kings of Judea. One, as Radak says, and we'll say it outside, we know the delegation that came in the time of uh, Yoshiyahu from Bavel, from um, Evel Merodach, the father of Nebuchadnezzar, and Yoshiyahu, for some reason, was absolutely putting on exhibition all his treasures, all the uh, glories of the Kodesh Kedoshim, all the treasuries, uh, the gold, the silver, the kalim. He was showing them what he had and inviting like, hey, they're inventorying this the whole time, putting in the back of their mind when they conquest, they don't have to search for the kalim and the gold and the menorahs. They know just where it is. And so when you realize this, and that's just one, they give an example that we will learn in Yecheskel, that at one point they went to Bavel, a delegation, and took back as if they were tourists, idols and Avodah Zarah, and incorporating them into their religion. What did they expect was going to happen? Um, moreover, we see those failed peace overtures to... Um, Tiglat Peleser of Ashur and to the king of Egypt where they put their faith in their unity that they would come to their aid. Nonsense! You planted the seeds of your own destruction, the Navi is saying, and when you realize this, it's going to seize you with the pain of a woman in labor. And if you are obtuse enough to say a question in your heart, Matua Karani why did this happen? Why did it happen that in the deep sins that you have committed, your shulaych, your um, body was unveiled, you were undressed publicly, your heels were demonstrated. This is traditionally the punishment that an adulteress receives that she's taken to the town square and her body exposed. That's what happened to you. You lifted the hems of your garments and your heels were exposed. Hayafeich kushi ori. This is a very interesting metaphor that survives to this day. Hayafo kushi oro. Does a kushite, an Ethiopian, change its skin color? The nomer chabarosov 
and a leopard its spots. Yes, this is where it comes from. Can a leopard change its spots? Therefore, says the Navigamatemtuhara, you are incapable of curing yourself, of changing yourself um, from the evil ways you have set for yourself. Interestingly, some of Forshim would disagree with this. We don't really believe that a Jew is indelibly stained with sin. There is an option to, to tshuva to improve, so it's not truly analogous, like a leopard can't change its spot, a kushite can't change his color. In any case, And so I will gather you like the chaff, the straw of wheat in a desert storm, just carry you away effortlessly to a foreign land, into exile. Zegoralech, continues the Navi, this is your faith. This is what I have measured out to you. From me, you have forgotten me. And you put your faith in lies. What does that mean? We've just said it. You put your faith in these nonsensical alliances. Egypt's going to save me. Asher's going to save me. This one's... No. Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to save you if you realize the immensity of the tshuva you've got to do. But putting your faith in these straw men that are going to come to your aid is sheker. And you pay for that sheker. And I, too, expose you, the, the fraud, the adultery on your face, and I will see that you are totally, uh, the humiliation will be so apparent. Your adultery, your whoredom, your immorality, your licentiousness, your libidinous, meretricious pursuit of, of evil. That's a frequent metaphor where they conducted their orgiastic pursuit of pleasure on the top of mountains. I've seen your abominations. You're not fooling anybody. Oiloch Yerushalayim, woe to you, Yerushalayim, velo sitaru achare mosai od. And you will not be um, pured after mosai od. Mosai od could mean two things. It could mean it's going to be an incalculable amount of time that you uh, will be purified, that you will be forgiven. Mosai od is a very you might say, arch observation of their morality, in that Mosayot, they're finished <clears throat> with their experiences of abomination and lust, and Mosayot, when's the next one? It's a play on words. And so we see that the end is coming, and it is inevitable. Let's go in and begin Yudalit. Yudalit is a very fascinating parrot, says <coughs> Rob Breuer in his parish. In Yudalit, the Navi has reached a certain tranquility and peace of spirit. He knows it's lost. He knows there's nothing he can say, scream, or shout at them that's going to avert the inevitable. And rather than be bitter in Yermiyahu, he shows a sort of tranquility of spirit. 
an acceptance, a tacit acceptance of what is coming, and the belief that no, he wasn't wasted, he wasn't on a fool's mission, he did what he could, but this is inevitable. So we begin your dollar, Asher Hayah, Devar Hashem El Yermio, Al Devreha Batsores. Kaddish who speaks to Yermio about the Batsores. Batsores is a drought, is a famine. What drought? What famine? We have no record of it. It couldn't be during um, uh, Tzikiyahu, Yoshiyahu, because it was a time of prosperity. It couldn't have been Yehoyachim, it couldn't have been Yehoyachin, it may must probably be um, by by rule of elimination the final king Tzikiyahu. That there was a drought, there was a famine before Bavel, immediately before Bavel, accompanied by destruction, sword, etc. So that makes sense. Achla Yehuda Usharehah. Judea is consumed, Usharecha, interesting the term, its gates, its entrances. We know, al the Sanhedrin sat at the gate to administer justice. That's gone. Of La Yehuda Usharecha, there is no Sanhedrin, there is no Beitin system. Umlolo Kajula Eretz, Vitzifchas Yerushalayim also. Their faces, their uh, countenances are blackened, and you shall him, it is done. And so what your nobles do, what your rich men do, so deep is the drought and famine, send the young kids, Lamayim, they come with bow, I gave him, they bring cisterns of water, and can't find a thing. Lomotsumayim. So shovel kalehem, they come, they return their cisterns empty, it could be the interpretation, yes, they bring back their cisterns empty, or the cisterns are retrieved empty. Why? Because these young people have died looking for water. They have died of thirst. Dual interpretation. So, they are either embarrassed or humiliated that their mission has been a failure. They cover their heads in mourning. They couldn't find anything to drink. Because of the Adama, the earth, there is no rain. The land is barren. We cover our head in mourning. Interesting interpretation of the two languages of land. Adama and Aretz. Aretz is the natural land, the land that in its natural process we assume will yield um, grain, fruit, rain, etc. Adama is the individual himself, what the Adam has to put into it. In other words, the faith, the, the um, belief in the Kaddish Baruch and his power over nature. Um, so both you, they are embarrassed, they have failed on the natural level, they are being punished, and they have failed on the human level, that there will be no produce. Because there's nothing, there's no grass, there's no fertility, there's no vegetation. And 
And so even the lambs stand on the hills. They can't even find grass to feed themselves. Their eyes grow weak. He ain't Asa. Simple. There's no grass. And so Yemiyo tries a tack that we often use in total desperation when there's not a chance of our trilo succeeding. We say the Kaddish Baruch like we say in Halel, Okay, you're not going to do this for us, but do it for yourself. Do it for your cover. Yes, it was our sins. Do save us in the name of your holy uh, Kedusha. It will be a Kiddush. Yes, we have committed multiple sins. Yes, we are beyond redemption. But do this. Save us just for your own sake. Why should you be like a stranger? Why should you absent yourself from this disaster? Why should you be like a guest at an inn who's coming for the night, a transient and then leaving uh, as if uh, overnight? Why are you making yourself like a plain person? You are in our midst. You are, we are called in your name. You cannot deny us. If for nothing else, for your Kiddush Hashem, you cannot deny us. And in Mir Hashem, 8.45 a.m., we will get the answer why this is happening.